Baby, it's cold outside. And I know on so many levels, it's hard to leave your house. We want to hibernate. We want to stay cozy. We want to stay warm. But Eric and I are going to share with you so many reasons why walking through a winter wonderland is powerful for your mind, your mood, and your body. And we are also going to share several really important tactical tips for how to do that winter walking safely. So wherever you are, whatever the weather, lace up your sneakers and let's get going. Welcome to the Weekly Walk Podcast, the perfect podcast to take with you on a 30-minute walk. I'm Joyce, the pack leader here at 99 Walks, and each week, my husband and co-founder, Eric, and I explore tools, tactics, research, and random stories to help you keep moving forward and creating a life you love. Hey, Eric. Hey, Joyce. So what do bears, ticks, and groundhogs have in common? I'm terrified of all of them. You're not terrified of, of groundhogs, are you? They're so cute. I don't know. They have little teeth. and uh, uh, Okay, I'm not terrified of groundhogs. <laughs> I am terrified of ticks. Yeah, I'm and, terrified of ticks, and too. And bears are like my nightmare animal. <laughs> As opposed to your spirit animal, my, your nightmare animal. My spirit animal is a badger. <laughs> <laughs> so what do they all have in common? I don't know. What do they have in common? Well, they all hibernate. Ah, very good. I don't know that ticks technically hibernate. No, I think they sort of do. They go dormant for the They winter, go dormant. When it's cold. Yeah. I wish they went dormant forever. Yeah. But that said, do you know why? Uh, no. Because it's cold out. <laughs> okay. And I think on some level, we humans have that hibernation tendency too. Absolutely. And and we've talked about like the Nordic stuff, Huga and all that other stuff where you sort of hibernate, right? And cozy up. Yeah, Huga. And I'm not sure how you pronounce it. I'm I, not either. I, I don't know that that's hibernation exactly. It's, it's No, it's definitely not hibernation exactly, but it's related. Well, it's a cousin. It's <laughs> Second cousin. I think the point is that we're somehow wired to want to cozy up and stay safe and protected in our cave when it's cold out. For sure. Cold presents some risks. Absolutely. Like yeah. being cold. <laughs> and being cold and in the old days, dying. <laughs> dying. So it is a little bit counterintuitive. I think it seems a little counterintuitive to talk about the benefits and the power of walking when it's cold and winter walking. But winter walking is awesome. So awesome. So I think we should talk about that. Really? Yes. I thought we would just talk about, let's talk about Moose, <laughs> who does not hibernate. He is so happy to go out and play in the snow. But he hates, this is such a funny dog thing, and I don't think he's alone in this. Moose loves the snow, but hates the rain. Oh, well, I love the snow, but hate the rain, so we have that in common. You and Moose have a lot in common. Yes. All right, so the topic on the table is the power and benefits and beauty of winter walking. Yeah, now before we get into that, should we talk a little bit about some of the risks and just caveats? Do it. Okay. 
So first is definitely slip and fall. Got to be very, very careful. Oh, remember that day your brother slipped on the ice, went uh, down hard. Oh, there was a time I was actually coming down uh, Mount Washington after doing an ice climb in the winter, and we're walking down the fire. Right, can we can we just stop here for a moment and reflect on how Eric just started that sentence? So I was walking down Mount Washington, <laughs> the tallest and honestly like a brutal mountain. Yes. So very. After an ice climb. Yes. So. <laughs> And there was ice on the fire road. And when we were climbing ice, we have crampons, we have spikes, all that stuff. It's easy. But as we're walking... It's not easy. As we're walking down, my feet slip out from under me, and I do the complete cartoon thing where your feet go up in the air and you land flat on your back. And I'm in midair thinking, oh, this is going to hurt. And I land flat on my back with a nice soft push because my backpack was full of all kinds of extra clothes and this, and it acted as like an airbag, and it literally didn't hurt at all. <laughs> and I got up and kept walking. You're very lucky you didn't hit your head, though. I am very lucky I didn't hit my head. Also, probably because my backpack was so full, like my head couldn't connect with the ground. So, anyway, don't do that. Be careful. And don't count on your backpack to cushion your fall. Just yes. <laughs> watch out for the ice. There are days. We did this just literally last week. We went out over the holiday break. We went out for an early morning walk one day, and it was black ice. The roads, and it was supposed to warm up during the course of the morning, but the roads were icy. And, and, and the weird thing, it wasn't even like rain. It was a heavy, heavy frost made the roads icy uh, and we and we are the king and queen of walking and we got five minutes away from home and looked at each other and said this is dumb let's go later yeah and we carefully turned around and went home moral of the story there are some days there's just too much ice don't do it right hypothermia and frostbite Yep. So if you're not properly prepared, what's the expression? There's no bad weather, just bad clothing. So if you don't have good clothing, hypothermia, frostbite, those things are real. So be careful. And then the other thing is walking in winter with the cold air affects our uh, cardiovascular, our respiratory system differently. It puts extra strain on our lungs, on our breathing. It's just more work. So if your normal walk is four miles, maybe if you're going out super cold day, cut that in half. See how you feel. And your body's working a little bit harder. So if you are thinking about, well, I'm not getting enough bang for my buck. First of all, remember, please, every walk is a good walk. And there is no standard that makes it count. So cut yourself some slack and realize that you're working and be careful. I have a very dear friend of mine who I walk with frequently, and she got frostbite on her toes just walking our typical trail. Really? Yeah. Uh, why? Well, her circulation isn't great, number one. Number two, she was not dressed correctly. Cotton socks, thin sneakers, recipe for disaster. And number three, she just wasn't paying it any attention. Mm, yep. So you have to be mindful of all that. So 
We'll talk a little bit about dressing, though we have done entire blog posts around that, and perhaps we can talk about that another day because dressing is important. But can I just do a couple of clothing highlights? Absolutely. Okay, here we go. I'm going to do them fast. Cotton, bad. I think you can even say cotton, very, very bad. It, your first layer should not be cotton should not be your favorite t-shirt and something I learned a few years ago this includes socks when I changed from cotton socks to wool socks for winter walking it was game-changing just so much warmer so much warmer yeah and the reason is so when you perspire you sweat even if you're sort of cold in the winter Cotton holds that moisture next to your skin and just keeps you cold. Synthetic fabrics, wool in particular, wool socks, wool pulls the moisture away from your body and it just sort of evaporates out through your clothes and allows warm air to stay next to your skin. So synthetics, there's... All, all kinds. Under Armour, you know, became famous for this, but there's all kinds of base layers and wool in particular. So paying attention, avoiding cotton. Uh, as I mentioned about my myself and my friend, shoes are important in the cold weather. They need to be a little bit more insulated, a little bit warmer, and they need to have a little bit more or a lot more traction depending on what kind of weather you're dealing with. So yak tracks or some kind of uh, something for the bottom of your shoes that provide more traction. We love our yak tracks. You were talking about crampons that you used when you were ice climbing. There's kind of the uh, uh, every person's version of that. I think Micro Spikes, I think, they is, is a brand. And yeah, yak tracks are like these rubber, they have like a rubber band around the top and then it's like coils, metal coils that go across the bottom of your foot. And, and they're amazing. They give you tons of, of grip. So how you dress, what you put on your feet, being sure that you are mindful of hands, ears, noses. I have a spot on the tip of my nose where I got frostbite 20 years ago. And it's a spot that's still, I still have damage there and I'm still prone to frostbite there. So I have to be really careful of those spots. And my hands get cold, which happens for a lot of women. So hands, toes, ears, keep them warm. Yeah, and we ski a lot. And just as an example, for, I mean, 40 plus years of skiing, I only wore gloves ski instructors, racers, only wore gloves. Like, you only, only wore gloves. And my hands were always friggin' cold. And then I got to a point in my life where I stopped <laughs> caring quite as much about how I looked or whatever, and I discovered mittens. <laughs> and what a game-changer. My hands are so much warmer in mittens than they ever were in like even the warmest gloves don't compare to mittens yeah it's funny we've never talked about that mittens game changing i'm right there with you yeah bring out bring out your inner three-year-old totally put on mittens so 
shortening your route, you talked a little bit about that, uh, but let's just revisit that. If you typically do four miles, maybe you do one and you do it twice in the day, or maybe you cut it in half and do two, or maybe, ready? Maybe you do half a mile because every walk counts. Thank you. And on another note, maybe in the spring, summer, and fall, there's this lovely walk that you do through the woods, and it's you and the birds and the squirrels and the solitude. Miles from civilization. Maybe you drive 15 minutes to a trailhead so you can get that sense of serenity and isolation. Yeah, you may not want to do that no. in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> Neighborhood walking? might be the way to go. Yeah, especially if, if you're sort of new to winter walking and you're sort of testing out your kit, your kit being your clothing and your mittens and all that stuff, you know, get build up to stuff just like anything. If if you joined 99 Walks a couple of years ago and you really hadn't been walking, you didn't start out with a five-mile walk. You started out with a half mile. You started out with whatever and you built up. So same sort of applies for winter walking, like, Build up, get make it something that is a skill, shall we say? Yeah. Develop your winter walking skill set. I like that idea. Yep. Okay. Last but not least, there might be days when getting outside. <laughs> I'm thinking of a particular day. I'm going to tell a story. But there may be days where getting outside is just not meant to be. So I love walking in the snow. I love challenging myself. And years ago, when we lived in our old house and we had our old office, there was a snowstorm. I don't know if you remember this. It was a real snowstorm. And I got up. Schools were closed. Everything was closed. I wanted to go to the office. And I wanted to walk. The office was maybe half a mile from our house. Not even, yeah. I No, this was the old office behind the post office. Oh, okay. And I, so about half a mile. I bundled up. I was properly dressed. I was ready to roll. I had on my full-on snow gear, and I walked to the office. And I worked for just like two peaceful, blissful hours, and then I tried to walk home. And the weather had gotten even worse, and I was walking into the blizzard as opposed to away from the blizzard, and I couldn't make it. And I remember hiding behind a sign trying to, to block the wind, trying to figure out how in the world I was going <clears> to <throat> get home. Do you remember this day at all? Nope. I went back to the office and I called you and said, please come <laughs> get me. <clears throat> there may be days where your winter walking just doesn't make any sense. And on those days, you have two choices. Call it a day off. Wrap yourself up in a cozy blanket and love every second of it. Or do some indoor walking, some indoor exercise. We have indoor walking classes, both in Jetty and 99 Walks. And that's not saying you need to do those. That's just to prove to you that there are ways to move your body and get your walk in without ever leaving your house. So where are we? January for the next few months? No excuses. No excuses, except you, right, no excuses, but you do get to choose today's not the day for me. Yep. It's that balance. Okay. With that, 
how do you keep yourself from saying today's not the day for me over and over and over again? How do we stay <laughs> motivated when our internal driver is saying, stay in the cave, wrap up in the fur blankets? It's just like we always do. You you think about your why, you look at your goal setting, you identify your person as I'm the type of person who walks even in winter and all the motivational stuff we talk about in countless <laughs> podcasts. Well, I think we should revisit yeah. some of them. Yeah, bring out the highlights. <laughs> Rolling out the highlights. I think a good place to start actually is with having your kit prepared. And understanding that you may have to invest in those mittens, but having it ready to go so your winter walking becomes almost as seamless as your nice weather walking. You got to have all that stuff ready to roll. Yeah. And then the other thing is you do feel good about yourself when you go for a walk, when you're on the fence, when you're sitting on the couch and you get yourself up. And even if you say, I'm just going to walk to the mailbox, but I find, and I think this applies to most people that if the weather's challenging, and again, we're, we're talking about within a safe realm and you still manage to get out the door, you're going to feel really proud of yourself. Like you're, you're a badass for getting out there. So it, when you put that little extra effort into it, you get a little more out of it. I think you get a lot more out of it. I think that's really true. And I don't know what 100% drives that. Uh, there is research that shows that walking in the cold and the power of deliberate cold exposure boosts your mood and your immunity. We can talk about some of those clear benefits. And so I don't know. I'm right there with you. After I take a walk in the cold and my cheeks are a little rosy and I come back inside, there is a feeling, dare I say, there's almost a feeling of euphoria, which definitely goes beyond the feeling I get when I walk in nice weather, which I love too. But that feeling of empowerment or, and what I'm, I guess what I'm wrestling with is I don't know if that's a mental thing so you just feel proud of yourself or it's a physiological thing because like you're like a endorphin exactly. thing exactly or some combination of that i would say it's a combination i think it probably is too but there's wherever it's coming from honestly like those cold weather walks i think it's one of the reasons that i love to snowshoe Aside from the fact that and snowshoeing is like walking in the snow. That's all it is. It's like walking in the snow with special shoes. So no wonder I love it. But when you get in from a snowshoe, and I've only done this four times in my whole life, so it's it, it's an N of four. But gosh, there's a good feeling, right? Yeah. And this sort of goes to a, a thought that I had is often a winter walk will turn into an awe walk. Oh, so interesting. We went out years ago, just down the street from us, there were, I guess, two vacant lots. And we went for a walk, and there must have been at least 18 inches of snow, and we're all bundled up. 
and we sort of walked into these into this vacant lot. There's like a little trail. I, wait, you you describe them as vacant lots, but that's that I they're I, wooded. They were deeply wooded. Yes, they're they're unbuilt upon wooded lots. And in the middle of this was a little clearing, and someone had actually put a couple lawn chairs in there, however many years before. But we got into this little clearing. It was like an oasis. It was like a winter wonderland. Yeah, and the snow's coming down. And you get that really unique silence of the snow. And then you hear the sound. Maybe there's some little drips or some little clumps of snow that fall off the trees. But that's sort of all you hear. And the, you're, you're shin deep in snow. And the, that definitely created a sense of awe that day. So awe is an emotion that social scientists have really, and and the psychology world has really identified as that feeling when the world seems bigger than you, and it's the feeling you get when you look at the night sky. And there is some research out there that shows that you can tap into feelings of awe when you go out for a walk. And for sure, when the world looks different, when it's those beautiful winter, different feelings. One of the things that they say can trigger awe is unique vistas. Though you can find awe in many places, it you can help to trigger those feelings of awe when you see something unique. And that's one of the things that I love is that a winter walk transforms your world into something different. Yeah, one of the things that I think is pretty cool about a winter walk. And I've been noticing this. So our daughter has her driver's license. She's been driving a lot of places and I will often accompany her and I always let her drive. I want her to get as much experience as possible. But as the one who drives a lot in in our family, just sitting in, in the passenger seat, I get to look out the window and now it's winter and the leaves are down. And I'm like, wow, I never knew there was a house back there. Or, cool, I never knew you could see the bay from this point in the road. And the same thing goes for a walk. If you take a regular walk on your usual walking route, now that the leaves are all down, you may see new vistas, different things. Wow, I never realized there was a dilapidated cabin back in the woods there, a hundred yards off the trail. So who knows what you're going to see? You'll see the world in a whole new way. There is a dilapidated cabin out there, and it has collapsed. This is the walk that we do frequently. And apparently, there is a dead deer back there, because when I walk with our friend Helen and her two Goldens, one of her dogs is desperate, desperate to go explore that deer every day. It's become a thing all week long. (laughs) But it is kind of funny seeing the decline because that cabin used to be somewhat standing, like with a wall or two caved in. And over the years, it's just now it's just a pile of rubble. What's the expression? The earth will reclaim everything. It's not the expression, but left to its own devices. Nature will reclaim. Yes. So winter walking. Can we talk a little bit about the benefits of deliberate cold exposure? So this is something I have been researching a bit. It's it's crossed my radar 
many, many times over the last couple of months as we've continued to dig into uh, healthy aging and longevity. And, and one of the things that they talk a lot about is this idea that exposing our bodies to the right amount of challenge is incredibly good for mm. our, longe our health and our longevity. And deliberate cold exposure, that's the expression that, that they often use, is one of those really powerful things. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> well, in certain regards. So a lot of the a lot of the research and studies around that deal with ice baths. That's right? what I'm not so much I a fan know. Of. Submerge your body in an ice bath. Take a freezing cold shower. Uh, on the first of every year, there are polar bear plunges uh, out by us where people go jump in the ocean. Uh, a friend of ours was volunteering because it's a benefit here, and she said a thousand people showed up wow. in East Hampton to jump in the ocean on January 1st. I can't do it. <laughs> right, I shouldn't say that. I should say yet. I can't do it yet. But what I can do is walk in the cold. And while I haven't seen any research that that counts as deliberate cold exposure, I believe that it does. Yeah, and we'll bundle up and we'll dress and all that stuff, but depending on the weather, our, we feel the cold on our face. Maybe our fingers and toes do get a little cold, but it's it's sort of in a limited and controlled manner. Like we're not putting ourselves at risk or anything, but yeah, that's, and that's intentional and it is deliberate cold exposure in that way. We will sometimes uh, walk from our office for a cup of tea and we'll do that even or coffee or tea. We'll do that. There's a, a little locally owned coffee shop. We know the owner. It's really sweet. And it's about what did we decide? It's about, I don't know. I think it's half a mile, half a mile from the office. So on cold days, that counts. And and. It, there's the reward, of course, at the end of that, which is a cup of hot tea. And wow, drinking warm tea on a cold day, even while I'm walking, it's just glorious. I remember we, we were on a few winter vacations and we'd be in the hot tub and people would get out of the hot tub and roll in the snow and get back in the hot tub. Yeah. I don't think I ever did that. <laughs> I may have done it once, like when... Did you do it with the Vardies? That was a big Michael thing. Yeah, maybe once, like the kids were eight or ten. I have some memory of you deal. doing it. Yeah, it's I may a, have had to do it once. We have old friends. This is one of my best friends from high school, and he's a physician, and he's a big believer in that kind of thing. And he's also one of those guys who will just sort of try anything. And I have some memory of you doing that with the kids. Yeah. I stayed in the hot tub. Yeah, we very well may have. Yes. But that was before I got educated around some of these benefits. There are benefits to your immune system. There are benefits to your mood. There's benefits to your cardiovascular system. We talked about how it challenges you more. So that's a risk as well as a benefit. And there's there's benefits actually to sleep, and this may be off on a little bit of a tangent, and I don't quite know how if this relates to cold exposure, but everybody's like, oh, I always take this hot shower before I sleep, and it relaxes me, and I feel so good. And what some people believe is it's not the hot shower, but you know how when you get out of the shower, particularly in the winter. I hate that feeling. Yeah. You're cold. 
And it's that cold exposure that actually sets you up for a good night's sleep, not the hot shower. As we're talking about sleep, the other element of the power of winter walking, or one of the other powers of winter walking, is, I don't know about you, but I don't get enough daylight exposure during the winter. Yeah. I mean, it starts sure. with the fact we're that we're just inside all the time. We're inside a lot. And there's so many fewer hours of daylight, depending on where you live. We have so many fewer hours. And you guys in Alaska, man, I do not know how you do it. But a winter walk exposes you to daylight and sunshine. And that has been shown time and time and time again to help improve your sleep. Yeah, sets your circadian rhythm and lets your body know, especially a morning winter walk, like, oh, it's morning. And then 12 hours later, your body knows, oh, it's night. Let's go to sleep. So winter walking, there are precautions you need to take, things you need to do, but so, so worth it. We are launching into a new year, new opportunities, new challenges, and the chance to take on 99 in 99. We are challenging everyone to commit to walking 99 miles in the first 99 days of 2023. It is definitely not too late to start. So if you wanna be part of 99 in 99, head on over to the 99 Walks Facebook group and check it out. We will see you there.